Adventure Makers. I'm your host, Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Pastor Josh Moyo. Now, Pastor Josh grew up in South Africa and is now pastoring a church in Perth, Australia. Pastor Josh has travelled all over the world sharing the good news about Jesus Christ. Welcome, Pastor Josh. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Matt. Thank you so much. I'm doing very well. Now, Pastor Josh, tell me, uh, what was it like growing up in South Africa? Uh, pretty, very rough. But as you know, as they say, home is home. Uh, it's always sweet to be back home, and uh, but I grew up a very, very rough upbringing. I was born in Zimbabwe, but I um, spent most of my time in South Africa, and that's when I grew up. And my mother used to take me up and down in South Africa, and uh, that's where I spent most of my time in my teenage years. And tell me, uh, did you grow up in a Christian home? I grew up in a very Christian home. My father was a very, very strong disciplinarian, if you like, and uh, at the age of 11, I made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, and since then, 28 years, I have been following Jesus Christ. So tell me what happened at age 11. How did you become a Christian? I was in a church, one of the missionaries that came uh, from Canada and from Australia here. They came down because Africa was very good uh, mission product ground in that sense. And they came and they ministered the word of God. And that one night, I remember the song that was sung, Yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, this I know. I was the only one in that meeting that lifted up my hand. And I remember vividly, I lifted up both of my hands after the gospel message was ministered. And I went up there to the altar call and I gave my heart to Jesus. And he embraced me, that missionary uh, pastor who prayed for me. And since then, I made a decision never to turn back. And it has been very rough. Quite often, sometimes there have been challenges as a teenage young boy growing up in those times. uh, The pressure of what was happening even politically and the moral fiber for society that was not getting better but the lord saw me through even in those times at what point did you decide you wanted to become a pastor or a preacher very interesting you see matt because uh, when i was 16 i had an encounter i call it an encounter because i used to go and pray at a very in another valley grove with my father uh five o'clock every morning and would pray there and um, I had a very, very strong sense that I had a voice speaking to me, telling that you will preach the gospel and you will travel all over the world. And I didn't know what that meant. Spoke to my father that I'm hearing that kind of like a voice that talking to me. And it said, that's the voice of God. My dad, gee, he had a very, very good track record of walking with God. And therefore, whatever he said, I believed him, you know. And gee, if you were to ask me today, who is my hero? My father is my hero. Because he really nurtured me and mentored the gift of God that was upon my life in those tender years. And today I thank God that I've not regretted. Today when I look back in retrospect in my life, I can tell you my father, Zachariah, was my hero. Zachariah, what a yeah. great name, hey? No, no. So tell me, uh, you're obviously very busy. You, you know, you pastor two churches, you travel around preaching. Um, tell me what you do for your regular devotional time with God. One of the things that was drilled within me by my father met was the fact that uh, if you're going to walk with God you need to have a constant hearing from him otherwise you can't live this life without hearing or keeping constant in touch with him and he drew with me a certain value that if you spend time with God you become godly in, in essence what my dad was saying was you become what you spend time with so it affected my acquaintances in terms of my relationships it affected those that I would intermingle with so I realized that if I spend time with God, I'll be godly. So as a result, I developed a certain habit. You know, as they say, that habits are very easy to create. 28 days, you keep on repeating a routine. It happens, it stays within you for life. And I began to just wake up every morning, 
four o'clock in the morning spend time lie myself down on the floor comfortable and i just begin to pray and sob and just seek the face of god and that's my prayer cleanse myself sanctify myself before god commit my next 24 hours in the hands of god that was one tenth that i would give to god so my dad used to believe so much in tithing but he used to say to me tithing is not only one tenth of your money but it's actually one tenth of your time so in the 24 hours of your time give that one tenth and everything goes well and you know what met I practiced that and I've, I've always learned if I give one tenth of my time to God, no matter what pressures, challenges, temptations, trials, opposition, difficulties I meet in that day, nothing is hard if you approach it in the light with Jesus Christ. It's just fantastic. I, lo- I love the sound of that. Yeah. And I bet you've seen a lot of uh, lives change from uh, evangelistic rallies you've been running. Right. Uh, is there any stories that come to mind? of someone who's had a dramatic life change uh, through the good news you've been preaching? In Venda, in a small town village in the northern province, Met, of South Africa, a crusade was being staged there because I was a protégé of Renard Bonke. Uh, Renard Bonke, you would know that he ran his still crusades today and he, was, uh, he lived quite a long time in Lesotho in uh, South Africa, one of the colonies there. And um, when he had what he called healing meetings and seminars, I subjected myself under the, their training. So what would happen on run crusades, would go there and would call us the healing team. And when we'd pray for people, he would send us the healing team to pray for people. Gee, I've seen deliverances. I've seen people getting set free from voodoo, from witchcraft spirits, from ancestral worship. I've seen, gee, blind eyes literally getting opened. Because, you know, we're working under the delegated authority of Renard Bonke. In many ways, it has helped me to work in those demon-infested villages. So, I tell you what, I, I've seen God doing wonders. And we see miracle after miracle. And God has just been doing awesome. And that has sort of helped me. That any time when I got into a city, the first thing that I do is to commit my life and I pray for that city. And just pray for God's favor and God's guidance and break down the territorial spirits of the, over the nation or over the city or over that community. And I've seen it always works. God always wins. Yeah. You... um. You've obviously got such a, a passion to see Australia yeah. um, hear the good news. Yeah. And when you spoke uh, just recently, I heard you say that, um, you know, and you said it without um, being too rude to us Aussies, but you said, you know, I see a lot of Australians who are really fake, who just act like everything's okay, but on the inside, right. uh, their life's a mess. Yes. And that we need to come to God and say, God, can you heal this part of my life? Right. Um, share, share with us Aussies. Um, that message that you've got for us? Because I do believe one of the main reasons that brought me here, I knew what I was stepping into when I was coming to Australia. And uh, I've loved this nation right from the onset when I came. But I think what brought what God did, God gave me a vision of what I call Africa Connect, that there was a bridge that the Lord was connecting between the third world and Australia. And that went beyond academics in terms of the third world influx of African students that are coming to train in, in this beautiful land in universities. But God was saying there is a spiritual connection that I'm causing between the two nations. And therefore, when I came here, I, I knew that the, the Lord had laid it upon my heart uh, the, true, the truth behind the prophecy of this is the great Sutherland of the Holy Spirit. And I said, Lord, now I wanted to step in as a, can use me as a connector, if you like, to make sure that we send mission teams back and forth to Africa and Australia and exchange that cross-pollination. Because, I mean, passion is not something that you can transfer into somebody. 
So you try by all means to make sure that come on Aussies, let's go to Africa. Catch the fire that is there in the third world. Bring it here. And I've been doing that now for over three years. Send, uh, we go with a team. Uh, last year I took a team of 17 Australians. Went to Africa, went to some of our churches. And man, they came back fired up. And I said, this is passion. The same passion that you show in sports. I know you guys like footy. Mm-hmm. And I said, it's the same passion that you can have in Christ. You know, being passionate for him because you know that uh, uh, once it's there and it's real and you leave it, it, it will change other lives. But sometimes we find ourselves that, like I was saying, sometimes Christians, we tend to be very phony. We, we fake it. We don't, we don't want, we, we almost we, we remove ourselves from the realities of life. The truth about life is sometimes life can be miserable, life can be bad, there can be negatives that go through life. But so there is an understanding as well that there is no tragedy, no problem, no, no issue that is too big for God. And God wants to heal those areas in our lives. If you go back in the book of Genesis, of course, you realize our great-grandfather Adam, same problem, same deal. After he sinned and after he fell, the first thing that he did was to hide himself. And human beings are very good at that. We like to hide behind our suits, behind our makeup, behind our beauty. And we know that deep inside of us, there that deep, root, rootly seated, whether it's anger or bitterness or abuse. And quite often, sometimes we don't allow that to be to be treated by Jesus Christ. And we go everywhere else, not knowing that Jesus Christ is the one that makes us and he understands where the pain is and he wants to reach to the root of the pain. Not the symptoms, but the root of the pain. And I, I ask that's what God is wanting to do. God is saying, let Australian rise up and understand there is potential within you because you are the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. And I sense with all my heart that we are at the verge of a big breakthrough, a major revival in this place, in this, in, in this nation. Because... You, you, you guys are very generous. There are very positives around Australians that I've loved. You're so warm. You're so generous. You've been giving. But God wants us just to be passionate about him. Love him. It's a hard faith that God is calling us into. And I do believe this nation will see the biggest revival has ever been experienced. Whew, that's awesome stuff. <laughs> now, just there's probably people listening to the radio right now or on the internet, and they're thinking, man, this guy is on fire. This guy's got passion. And there might be people who are away from God and are thinking, wow, how can I get that fire and passion in me? How can I get close to God like this guy has? Speak to that person now. What would you want to say to them? Yeah. One of the things that I learned just from one of my teachers, if you like, in ministry, they say to me, Josh, one minute without God in your life, you will taste a little bit of hell. And that, that, that concept, what they were saying there was that there has to be a continuous development in your life. Never stop growing. Because, uh, you know, one of, one of the things I was teaching in another church yesterday, and I was telling them that when Jesus says, be as wise as serpents, said it is because he was talking to a people that understand that snakes were a symbol of wisdom. Do you know that snakes are the only uh, creatures in the in the reptile kingdom that do not stop growing they keep growing until they die so jesus says be as wise as serpents in other words there must be a level in you that says i do not want to stop growing never come to a time where you say now i know it all now i've reached this feeling i can't learn anymore 
So one of the reasons why we keep on going to church, even though we are saved, even though we have been working with God for 20 or 20 years, it is because something within us is saying, Lord, it's not enough. Paul says it, that I may know him. This guy had written three quarters of the New Testament, but he says at the end of his ministry, that I may know him. So there is a level in which I have to say I'm desperate for more. So in, in, if, for me, I, I become more passionate when I realize, Lord, I cannot graduate knowing God. He's a God who's eternally revealing himself. And then I keep on uh, opening up myself to the scriptures and to the word of God in that sense. Mm. Yeah, Pastor Josh, do you have um, a favorite scripture passage that you want to share with us? Um, one of my favorite ones is, is the one that I was just sharing with you right now. Because you see, my twin brother was beaten by a snake. And I grew up hating snakes. So... When Jesus said that statement, be as wise as serpents, in Matthew 10, verse 16, it changed me, big time. So I, I, I began to learn that most of my messages are around the creatures of the world. And, then, and, and uh, I look at snakes now in a very, very different you know, light. So that if, if I keep on growing up, in the things of God, it will help me. So I want to say to the person out there, regardless of what you're going through, regardless of the issues in your life, regardless of the pain and the circumstances that may be adverse at the moment, God has not forsaken you. And I want you, there's room for you that through the experiences that we go through, through the pain that you're experiencing, God is developing and changing you to a better person. So you keep growing, keep growing up, grow in faith, grow in love, grow in prayer, attend Bible studies, so issues, situations that rise up in our lives, they try by all, means, by all means to take us away from our focus. But I'm going to say to you, keep on focusing on Jesus. Keep growing up. So don't stop growing. And the second thing that I learned around the wisdom of snakes is that, uh, you, you, you know, they shed off the outer skin. They actually literally move out of that outer skin. And if you look where the, skin, the, the, where the snake has been after it has shedded off, that thing is almost, almost like it has been carefully put out. So it takes off the outer coat. Paul says it, putting off so that you can put on. It's almost like weight loss program. If you realize, Matt, it's very easy to put on than it is to put off. So sometimes it's a deliberate, it's a choice that comes from my heart, that I have to tell myself I'm going to put off the old man, put off some certain habits. Because as long as we live in this life, it's almost like cobwebs. Certain things get attached to you. Certain things lock up with you. Certain things trap you. Certain things, they just get on top of you. But you have to make deliberately day by day that I'm going to put off anything that is not of Christ, anything that is of flesh. And I'm going to put on Christ the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, self control. You know, I have to make myself make sure that I put off so that I can put on Christ. But then the third thing that I learned, you know, snakes have a tendency of sticking out their tongue. Because on the tongue of the snakes, there are sensors. And I call it, snakes taste their future before they actually grab it. In the Christian it's the same. Jesus says, uh, in Proverbs, Solomon says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. You can eat from the fruit of your mouth so if you continuously speak good about yourself, you attract goodness to your life. If you speak negativity, you attract negative stuff in your life. So Jesus says, get the wisdom of snakes. So to me, that's my favorite verse of scripture. Every day when I wake up in the morning, I speak well of myself. My health may be acting up. My family, my marriage, things around me may be going through all wrong. But I've learned to stand by the word of God because that's the higher authority. 
Remember, the heavens, the stars, the galaxies, they were spoken forth by the mouth of God. So I know the power of the spoken word. Words that I speak over my life will build me or they will destroy me. So regardless of what I'm going through in life, I've learned always to stand by what God's word says. Zai 55 declares, whose report will you believe? You can either believe the report of what people say about you, or you can believe the report of what the word of God says about you. To any listener out there, I'm going to say, number one, keep growing. Number two, put off. There will all be stuff around us that is trying to demean, to devalue, to degrade the dreams of God within us. But as you put off that old stuff, you're being cleansed and sanctified by the word of God. And then, of course, the last thing, you'll make sure that you speak forth with your mouth. Even over your children, I want to say to you parents that have got children, speak destiny, speak life into your children. If you keep on saying that, oh, stubborn, lazy, da-da-da-da, failure, just like your father, they will end up like that. But if you begin to realize, separate the action, the bad action that has been done by your child and speak into them, see the goodness in them and begin to develop those positives around them. You are what you speak. In other words, the words that come out of your mouth, very, very important. Thank you, Pastor Josh. You certainly are a history maker. Thank you for joining us. God bless you. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. History Makers. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you want more info on the show, just go to historymakersradio.com. You can listen to this interview again or download any of our other interviews. Thanks again to Josh Moyo for joining us on History Makers. History Makers.